welcome to the Dellingpod. And I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but if you're watching this, you'll realise that you can't see him. He's invisible. Um, it's an invisible guest this week. And before I introduce him, a quick word about a really exciting sponsor thing. I'm, 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 I, 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 I'm going to do it. I don't know about you lot. Wait till I explain. This is Monetary Metals. I've had the CEO, Keith Weiner, on the podcast a couple of times to talk about his extraordinary product where you get to own physical gold and you get paid interest on it in the form of more physical gold. It sounds too good to be true, but it isn't. I mean, I think everyone should own physical gold in, in some form, whether in the form of a bullion or, or, or coins stored at home or in a vault or at monetary metals. Uh, it pays you 2 to 5% interest annually, or even more if you are an accredited investor. You could get, you get even double-digit yields. It's 100% physical, and it's 100% yours. Your metal, you're in control. If you, if, you, if you don't like it, you can get out at any time. I know Keith Weiner. I, I trust him. It's a very good way of opting out of fiat currency and taking control of your money. So if you want to get on your own personal gold standard today, visit monetary-metals.com forward slash Dellingpole and you can open an account or, or all your questions will be answered. Monetary Metals. Morgoth, welcome to the Dellingpod. Hello, James. Thanks for having me back. Uh, no, it's an absolute pleasure. How how long um, ago was it when I last had you on? I think it's about. I think it must be getting on for two and a half to three years because it was at the it was at the height of the COVID craziness. I remember, um, right. and, and you know that's kind of died down. And uh, yeah, we, we that that's what I remember from it. We were talking about the sort of the emerging techno state, surveillance state, and all of that kind of thing. Hasn't gone away. No, it hasn't gone away at all. Um, uh, it's it's funny because now it's it's like there's been more sort of craziness added on to everything, um, and, and that it's still there simmering away in the background. Somebody sent me a video yesterday of this nurse saying like uh, talking about excess deaths, and I thought, yeah, that's that's like still rumbling away. So we've got. It's just that we've also got like crumbling infrastructure, you know, the, the Great Replacement, plus probably World War Three, and all of, it's, like, it's just too much to take in, which, which I think is like probably what, what, we can, what we can get into, maybe. Yeah, I think it's, it's too much to take in by design, isn't it? It's to, it's to keep the populace in a constant state of confusion and anxiety and, and fear. And then they're not sure which way to look because, you know, there's a story from Israel about this terrible massacre where babies are having their heads chopped off, apparently. And, and then you've got the, the, the recent attempts to revive the, 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 the Ukraine, the, the Ukraine-Russia thing, which, I mean, who, would, who could have predicted that? I, th I thought that that particular story was, had gone off the, off the ball and they'd given up on that one. They weren't trying to make us wave blue and, and yellow flags anymore. We'd, we'd, the, 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 the gays had moved on to, to Israel, but no, they've revived that one. And you're right, they've got, we, we get the farmer's stories, lots and lots of stories about farmers and you've got Jeremy Clarkson being wheeled in to say things that are kind of, kind of funny about French farmers. And 
all these all these all these sort of pop up stories like like um like when there's box there's there's characters in boxes that pop one of jack in the boxes or whatever uh yeah. designed to distract us yeah I, I didn't even know about the jeremy clarkson thing with the french i mean I, I, there's yeah there's that many angles on it i mean is he kind of doing a sort of little englander kind of look at the lazy french they're always rioting or whatever no uh, i think i think this time he, he's he's his designated role this time is to surprise us all by encouraging the French farmers. Yeah, you know, so so, so you're, you're supposed to go, oh, Jeremy Clarkson, previously having been xenophobic about the French, is now is now identifying with them. I I, I don't know. Yes, because I mean, he's really... he's got like that f- some farm show, and I think he he's become more sympathetic to what the farmers are, are being put through. It's a great again, show. I'm... Have you not seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Do, do you uh, not watch TV? No, no. I mean, I, um, I, I will probably actually watch that Clarkson because I, I, I do like that kind of thing. It's not, it's not like I hate Jeremy Clarkson and I never no. ever watch anything. Uh, you know, you can't. People can get a bit purist about that kind of thing. Um, but I just, I just haven't, I just haven't watched it yet. I mean, I've been watching The Crown recently because the missus has Have forced you? me to to watch The Crown, and I, I thought that was interesting because it takes you on that whole, that whole sort of. Basically, it starts at the end of World War Two, and we are up to uh, like Diana's just died, um, and I, I do think it's like I got irritated with the, the immediate post World War Two kind of thing, um, where where you you it's what I call bulldog nationalism, which I th- I just think is like sort of crippled the the, the nation in a way you get all of this sort of biscuit tin kind of patriotism and churchill with a cigar and all the all this kind of stuff um and i was looking forward to when we'd get more up to date uh and and like thatcher would come in and this kind of thing and i, I quite i quite enjoyed it i mean i quite uh, I, I get away with it quite a bit actually and it is quite sympathetic for the queen the the queen comes out of it very well but charles and the rest of them not that well i don't think um if, and, and if, if i'd been playing yeah. morgoth topic bingo i would never have dreamed that the crown would be on the list of things we'd be discussing <laughs> was this part of your kind of the onerous conditions of your marriage that 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 yeah okay you're allowed to do this and that and you can keep that hobby but yeah. you've got to watch all the way through the crown with me yeah pretty much i mean we did uh we did game of thrones and then we did um breaking bad and then it was like okay like now it's my turn and i was i was on the hook and uh and, and i was like hang on a minute those game of thrones uh, those breaking bad episodes are only 35 minutes a piece these crown ones are it's like a film yeah but uh yeah i, I kind of i got it i got away with it in the end what there's things that jump out at you which which you kind of think i mean you, you it is being kind of pilloried for not being accurate but there was a bit that I, I saw where Tony Blair was there with the Queen, um, and it was when the Royal Yacht Britannia was being uh, put out of pasture, and the the, the drama was that the, the the royal family wanted the 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 taxpayer essentially to pay for Royal Britannia, and there wasn't. It wasn't forthcoming. The politicians wouldn't go for it. And Tony Blair was there in his little meeting that they have like once a week. And he was saying like, um, well, what we can do 
is um, we will we will give you the money, but you'll change the name and it'll be called New Britain. Um, and I'm going to get my friends in like, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get my friends and NGOs and finance to pay for it all. And I thought there, there it is. There it is. There's the public private partnership. Like it's, it's not particularly new. It's right there. And, and old Queenie like wasn't very impressed with it, but there, there it was. Even there, you could see the, the seeds being planted of just turning everything into a supermarket and. Before we go on, Morgoth, because I'm, I'm very interested in your, your take on the crown, actually. Just briefly, for those who don't who are not familiar with the great Morgoth, um, tell us roughly who you are. Um, uh, I'm just a blogger. I do a bit of YouTube. I'm from the northeast. Um, I've got a YouTube channel. I do stuff on Substack. I, I generally do things from a kind of reactionary right-wing perspective, Um and there's things, I mean, I think in my general sort of worldview, I, at, last time I came on, I, I, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I think I'm I'm kind of um, very sort of influenced by Oswald Spengler and his cyclical view of history. And what I do is put things into, like things that are going on in the world now, and I try and sort of s- figure out where that is. It isn't always apparent. I'll do like a hot take on something or go off on a tangent or something. But most of the time, or not always, but a lot of the time I'm thinking of that kind of where we are in this grand arc of history. Um, and, and is it, it sort of testing the theory of it? Um, but people who like regularly watch me videos or read me Substack essays will will be well aware of all of that. Yes. Well, I th- I'd like to, to introduce you to a, to a, a wider audience because I, I I do love your stuff and I love your cultural analysis and I lo- and I love I have to say <laughs> some of your phrases. I mean, uh, we, we can talk about your essay later on, the, your latest Substack essay about conscription. But can you remember the line that I really love, where you, where you describe yeah. what what a yeah. Ukraine Russian war will look like if we end up participating in it? Yeah, you, you, I've got the. I'll, if you give me a second, I'll be yeah. able to just get the because uh, you did the exact. Uh, <laughs> you sent me like an exact quote. Yes, but it, it was um, well, yeah, this one here. White boys don't want to have a giggling Russian girl sitting in an office and Bob Kova flying grenade-laden drones into their balls as they cower in a bog, and everyone knows why. Um, so this- that, that is what it's going to... That is what... If we go to war in that, that benighted part of the world, that is what it will be like, isn't it? Cowering in a trench while drones bomb you with grenades. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is what it's going to be like. And it will be... The, the the person behind the drone will be like hundreds of miles away and it's yeah. probably going to be like because all of the men are being sent into the front lines it'll probably be like a young woman sitting there who's doing it i mean i i hadn't i saw a video on twitter or somewhere last week and it showed it was actually the other way around it, it was a picture a tank had exploded and the russian climbed out of the top um and he and then the 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 drone kind of came down on him um, hovered over the top of him. It was a, like a sort of big mosquito or something like that, like some kind of freakish dinosaur insect <laughs> from some prehistoric age. 
And he noticed it was there and he started to run. It was like this macabre thing where he was running around his broken tank to try and get away from it. And it just flew into him and exploded and killed him. And I thought that is grotesque. Like that, that is absolutely, that, that, is, that, that is really horrible. Um, where you've got somebody just sitting in an office somewhere or, you know, sitting in a, comfortably in a trench or way from way back. Um, and the, it, I think it, it, because it looks, I mean, the man's dying, but it, it has this kind of comedic element to it where he's running like, like Benny Hill or something with a drone coming after him and it's just going to blow him up. And it, it just seemed wrong on so many levels. But at the same time, I find it difficult to explain why, because, I mean, <clears throat> people are saying, well, drones are, you know, there's something there's something morally pulsive about it. There's something cowardly about it. But then again, you know, it's not new. Is it, is it then sort of more heroic to send intercontinental missiles or drop napalm on people or use rocket launchers or all of these other ways we've come up to butcher each other? I mean, it, it's funny because... Uh, maybe in World War One they viewed it where m mustard gas would be seen as inherently cowardly or even just the machine gun. But I, I do, I, I take all of that on board. But there's something about this kind of drone warfare which I do find disturbing. And, and I'm well aware, like, in theory, it's not really different from firing a, a grenade at somebody or, or a, using a sniper rifle or uh, something else. But there, there's something... I don't know. There's something which looks just wrong about it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, I was thinking probably if you went back to the era of the crossbow, you would find that people felt the same way about the crossbow, that this, this, mm. this horrible long distance weapon that could kill you, you know, that the person firing it couldn't even see the whites of your eyes. And I know that um, I think it was at either at Cressy or at, Agincourt, the um, the Genoese crossbowmen um, got slaughtered. But, you know, the, 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 they were shown no mercy. Um, a, a bit like snipers were, 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 when they were captured in, in the First and Second World Wars, they tended to get short shrift. There are certain weapons which people think are unethical, but the the drones are like I've seen I've seen dystopian science fiction movies with with drones. I mean, I think. Some of the combat in Terminator might have might have envisioned that, and there was that yeah. film with Tom Cruise where he keeps dying and coming back and die. what's that one called? The Day After Tomorrow or something? Something? Yeah, to, uh, I know which one you mean. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. So we, the, we, we've it's been prefigured in the movies, and now here it is, and it's it's horrible. Um, yeah. I mean, the fact that we can see people, we used to, do you remember when we were sort of kids, we, used, we heard about these things called snuff movies, but, and people yeah. said, yeah, but then they, they would, they're not real because no one would do it for real because you could always fake it. But these are real life snuff movies being served up for our sick delectation it, on the internet. It's totally normalized as well. I remember when there was, there was one on VHS video and, and like back in the day, you know, I, I grew up on North Townsides and, and um, if somebody had a video called, it was called Faces of Death was one of them. And then the, like, the word would go around that somebody's, oh, he's, he's got the house, his parents have gone out for the night and he's got Faces of Death. 
and we'd all cram in and it would be the, the but then when he actually saw it it was really grainy it was horrific it was bad but there was a kind of aura about it something really dark and horrible um but it was terrible quality but but still you could vaguely see people being shot and whatnot and and, and it was seen like is this allowed are we allowed to see this and and now it's just right there on Twitter, floating down your 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 live feed every day, just in high definition as well. These these scenes where where we kind of passively watch men and sometimes women uh, dying, and it isn't even just war zones either. It's like inner city America and all of this just just this decaying husk of a civilization that we're in now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were looking for signs. Of a of a civilization on its last legs, you. Re- I mean, there are various indicators, aren't there? Apparently, another indicator, and this happened, of course, in in ancient Rome, with where you had people like Lucullus and all all, all these incredibly rich people having these decadent banquets. But one of them is the, the advent of the celebrity chef. Celebrity chefs are a marker of. Of, <laughs> of 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 a, a decadent civilization, and, and yeah, this is I mean, another one. Yeah, I mean, and the, oh, there's a lot. I mean, there's the the low fertility. There's uh, that the fact that you can see that we are due. I mean, a lot of the sort of my friends are, are like, where is our Caesar figure? Because if you map on the the sort of well, what's Bangalore? The, the the classic civilization. We are we are now waiting for the Caesar figure to come along, um, and so you can see that with ripples and various different characters and people who are coming up on the stage. But we're not fully there yet. Donald Trump is an obvious one, but I think he's too old. I mean, the actual Caesar was wasn't a young man when he, be, when he became Caesar, but I think Trump's a bit too old. And I think it could go the wrong way as well. I don't think it could. Maybe it's some tech bro like Elon Musk or something like that. But if you want to follow that kind of line of thought through, there is this, the the, the Caesar figure would be a, a kind of centrist populist and he would unite all of these warring factions and he'd put the money power down and then you, the civilization would sort of ossify uh, and and just sort of become stagnant but more or less stable for a long time but we aren't in that situation but you can see that it's becoming increasingly unhinged um i mean <clears throat> i think where we are as well is that you you get this sense that there's a kind of crisis, but it hasn't been formally announced, where people people wander around, and I mean like the masses, the normies here, because everybody runs the normies down. They they they're like sort of they they're just brain dead. They'll just go along with anything. That's yeah, that's true enough to a certain extent. But I talk to a lot of people, and you get the impression that the the things are just not right. Um, they, it didn't used to be like this, and and they they've got all this wiring and they've got all this programming in their brains, but they 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 kind of sense it that that there's and I, I was thinking with the I did a, an article on Substack called um, Hard Times on the White Wagus where you see this phenomenon now of like young women on on TikTok videos and they're crying in the cameras and they're saying I just no matter how hard I work I just can't make ends meet. And it hasn't really been explained to them, like, what's going on. Like, nobody really knows. I mean, at least in, in COVID, 
it was a crisis and they announced it and it's like we know where we are it's a state of exception um and i i think I often think to myself what happens if there is actually another crisis but they don't actually formally announce it so everybody's just wandering around feeling this sort of general sort of shitness about life but the leaders and the political class haven't actually told anybody what's happening. And that, that's kind of where I see it now. And you go from, because I know it's, it's not like romantic to talk about, and it's not this kind of deep dive down the rabbit hole. But you can see it when you go through town centres now, and there's just vape shops and Turkish barbers everywhere. Um, and it, and it's like all of the shops that you used to go to are shut down, and everything looks bitched. All these like shitbox new bills popping up everywhere, this is, and and everybody's just like, uh, what's happening? What what what's going on? Why does everything feel shit? Yes, you're so right about the vape shops and 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 the Turkish barbers. I mean, who who what what do you think is behind the Turkish barbers? For one thing. I noticed they are not Turkish. A lot of these people. I went into my locus. Uh, but I went through a brief naive phase where I thought this is rather fun. You can go to a Turkish barber and you don't have to make an appointment, and they give you a they give you a rather splendid um, massage. And and isn't it jolly? Um, when I tried conversing with these in in this particular shop, very very surly people who looked like they'd rather be cutting my throat than cutting my hair. Um, I tried my rudimentary Turkish shot on them, and they 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 were clearly unfamiliar with the language. So I don't know what what country they actually come from. What, what's your theory it's, on these? Are they money laundering I, I, or what? Yeah, I think it's money laundering. But 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 even then, you think, well, okay, so how are they getting away with it? Because they're everywhere. Yeah. So so presumably there'd be government inspections, or there'd be some kind of uh, bureaucracy that that was getting onto it. That it's obviously this big scam, or, or what? And and it's like nobody seems to care. Nobody. It's it's just a free for all. It's just these are like the little indicators to people that something's not right. Like okay, if you've got mass immigration, which in itself is is a is an issue, like. If we've got it against our will, and despite the fact that we're lied to all of the time, um, even then you can expect. Well, okay, you're going to have like an Indian restaurants here or there because there's people coming in. Yeah, okay, we get it. But with the Turkish barbers, it's 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 just so ubiquitous, and and you think, well, why is this happening? And if it's a money laundering scam, why hasn't it been shut down? And and I don't really mean to go on and on about the the Turkish barbers. Barbers, it's more like it's an example of something which isn't quite right, but yes. which you can't explain. Um, this, uh, some, I heard a term a while ago called high strangeness. This, like in the Matrix, where the cat passes the hallway twice, and it's like, well, did, what was that? Did it? <laughs> and it's like it's a sign that there's a glitch. Uh, some, there's a little there's a little thing happened that you're not supposed to notice but you can't quite explain it and I feel like there's so much of that um there's so much in the way that politicians and the media speak uh, that that people just find off that that it's not quite right yes I agree where are you on 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 vape shops um I mean in, it, it strikes me that that um I used I, 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 I again I, I, I sort of believe the believe the, the narrative initially I thought vaping was kind of a safer alternative to, to smoking cigarettes 
and that you know I I I I I thought that their their proliferation was something organic, i.e., something responding to the market. But I look at them now and their ubiquitousness and and the kind of weird scenes you see inside them of people just kind of blowing puffs of of candy flavored smoke in 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 big clouds and just I don't know. I they mystify yeah, me. What's your take? Yeah, I don't know. I, I can understand that like cigarettes are being phased out, so I can understand that there's a market for for vape shops. But like, really, that many, especially yeah. when, like, especially when um, everything like you can order everything offline now, and and vape juice should be yeah. something which is very easy to order on the internet. Like yeah. these things, the I think the issue. I don't. I don't know if there's some kind of poison in them. The vape. I don't know anything about I that. I think there is. But I just find it odd that of all the things which are thriving at the moment, it's like Turkish barbers and vape shops. Um, and yeah, it's it's it, it it's it, it's pretty depressing. It's it's so seedy, and especially like the, the the people that tend to work there. It's just this sort of nondescript biomass from somewhere else in the world it all kind of rolls into one kind of homogenized globalist man for like a, a kurd or a turk or a an iranian or a, a north african and it doesn't it just doesn't seem to matter anymore it's just it's it's depressing and another feature of declining civilizations of course is sexual perversion androgyny sort of the normalization of, of of things that would previously be be considered sort of inimical to things like reproduction the family unit and so mm. on um i mean i was watching I, I went to see a terrible film last night i mean really it just absolutely messed with my head and i can't imagine it's the sort of film you're ever going to see um because you tend to do what you you tend to review more mainstream stuff, don't you? And you're very good at that. Yeah. Um, it was an art movie, which has been, I, I mean, it's been getting sort of five out of five uh, by pretty much all the, all the critics. Um, and I'm just, <laughs> I forget the name of these things. You know, I get dragged along to the cinema by, by, by my family who are slightly more normy than I am. Um, and the film was called, it's called All of Us Strangers. Have you heard of it? No. Well, it's 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 very very it's very very bleak, and it, and it's got this quite what what could be a, a a quite interesting premise where this guy who has lost his parents in a car crash when he was twelve, and he goes to visit their old house and discovers that the parents are still living there at the same age they were when they died. So he goes and has conversations with them and stuff. Now, th- this that particular conceit could have been taken in any particular direction. I mean, you could you could make a comedy out of that, couldn't you? There, or at least there could be com- comedic moments mm. in it. Um, but the way that this theme has been handled, a the guy is is gay, um, and is you know you see that him embarking on this relationship with this other man in the film, and. Y- um it's also very very dark i mean it's it's relentlessly dark it it, it it's it's one of the 
most depressing films I've ever ever seen, particularly at the end, which I I almost feel it's my duty to spoil just so that no one gets tempted to go and watch it. But but I won't. But so so one there's a kind of existential despair. So so it, it fills the viewer of the film with this this sense that life is really kind of quite pointless. I mean, it, it pretends it's got a it's got a kind of vaguely optimistic e- ending where love conquers all, but it, it but it isn't really. It's actually very very bleak. But the second thing is that we are being forced to watch gay sex happening on a screen and a man being sort of tossed off while he has a bath while by his gay lover oh, and, and, and 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 okay so there's not there's not full on buggery but nevertheless what the film tells you is if you are shocked by this you really are not living in the in the 20 what 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 decade are we 2030s <laughs> you know you're you 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 should you should be over this by now it, it it kind of tells you and you should be really comfortable with watching gay sex i mean i i don't like straight sex in movies i i i i don't like the depiction depiction of sex at all um but if i'm going to have to have any sex i'd rather kind of have straight sex than gay sex and i'm not sure that that makes me a, a bad person i think it makes me a kind of a normal person doesn't it yeah, I mean, I think the, the the social engineering is beginning to backfire for the regime now, which is kind of a theme in me me article uh, on conscription, because it's as if, I mean, I mentioned the Matrix before, and there's a, there's a scene in the Matrix where they capture Morpheus and Agent Smith is torturing him, uh, and, and kind of weirdly and sadistically, and and it's like. He shouldn't be doing that. He's going off script. He's 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 pulled out his yap plug, and he's he's kind of he's got more agency, you know. And then the other agents arrive, and one of them says, "What are you doing?" And he has this kind of moment of like sort of revelation where, yeah, I've I've kind of gone off on my own there. And I feel there's there's an element about how weird and perverted and sick Western elites have become. That when there's like geopolitical rivals begin to sort of poke around at them, they've, they've become conscious of what it is they have been doing in the West. Like when the America was completely at its peak and hegemonic and it didn't have any rivals, it didn't have anything to be scared of, it's as if it could become this kind of satanic, degenerate, perverted, rainbow dildo shit show. And, and it was like, well, we can, we are at the top, we can do this. But then all of a sudden, you see that elsewhere, there's other other kind of people outside of the West um, beginning to sort of push on, you know, assert themselves. And and it's like the, the the whole sort of degenerate state of the West. You we become conscious of it. We we, we kind of become. I think the elites are kind of looking at it now and thinking, what have we been doing? What what's happening here? Because if I mean, I think it's some of the audience may push back that because they would probably think like everybody was in on it, like all of these governments and things. Um, I actually don't think that. I think that is genuine power struggles in the world. Um, I, I don't. I don't think they do have a lock on Putin or the government of China or this kind of thing. Um, I think I think that was uh, like in the the Ukraine thing. I think that was I think that was like actually real, um, and and so you then you have to think well we've got these severe structural weaknesses, um, and we need to know what to do about them because otherwise the civilization's going under. Especially because we're ruled by scumbags, 
uh, and and this is their thing. They they've got power here, and if the Western Western power, if they become weaker, if Western civilization becomes weaker as it is, then so does their power, uh, their platform, if you like, their ability to extract taxes from the cattle and whatnot. But do you think that the people actually? I mean, you you say it sort of sends a signal to our, our leaders that maybe they've pushed it too far, but. Isn't that the plan, order, ordo ab cao? Order out of chaos. Yeah, they want to destroy everything so that they can rebuild the world, they can rebuild the Tower of Babel and, you know, make us all this sort of globo homo um, hodgepodge sort of, you know, subject to the new world order. Uh, I mean, isn't that that the plan? I think, uh, well, I think so, but I wouldn't... I've got I've got a slightly different take on it. I think I think there's a sort of energy to the West which is different uh, and specific to elites in the West. So you can say, well, yeah, they're trying to now export that wokeness is an export of the American deep state. But that but I think what we're we're seeing now is that a country like China or Iran or Russia and these other places are saying, well, we don't want that. So that may well be what they want, but I don't think that's what they're going to get. I just th- I don't think that's the, the, they're going to turn China gay um, or make them like sort of worship George Floyd or any of any of these things. I think they want to, but I don't think they can. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. In fact, I think the tension between it, 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 I think that's why there is tension now in the world. I don't think they have. I don't think there's like sort of a, a back channel to the to the president of China where he is also secretly in on this thing. I you made a a, a lovely point in your piece about conscription, uh, which is that the only element in society which are actually hot for war with Russia are the very people who who are the the, the shit libs who are utterly incapable of fighting it. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 what what I what discussed because they they carry the water of the regime, um, you know they 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 sort of the managerial types in the system, in the bureaucracy, but they, then they've given themselves as I put it like this convenient exemption from actually going out and fighting, so that leaves them casting around at who should be doing the fighting, and it turns out it's the gammon, it's the people they hate the most. Um, and and what I want to get across is that the gammon should just stay exactly where they are. You should all be go just go fishing, uh, just go for a walk in the park with your dog, and don't do this at all. Because I mean, equally as bad, and the way that it slots in is is the kind of the sort of GB news centre right types who are getting oh. all linguistic and all oh well you know what kind of patriots are you you don't want to go out and die for you don't want to go out and die for butt sex in Botswana um, and it's all of this kind of thing and and the, the, these are just as bad I, I cannot stand them I can't I, I can't I don't know who I hate the most. And what I try to do is just get across to the sane people, like just just stay out of it. I mean, even it was the same with the sort of the the Douglas Murray types, you know. The, the, it's it's all of this language that's getting more and more sort of crazy. But when they when they like they they want to give they want to hand everything over without even any kind of negotiation. I mean, even if they if we had a nice sort of organization. Uh, I mean, they would ban a political party, of course, 
But but if you could then say, well, okay, uh, ban the critical race theory stuff, uh, halt immigration completely for five years, and if there's any foreign men in the jails, then deport them immediately, and then like we'll consider it. Then we'll consider having trust in the establishment again. And what the centre right do is not even ask for any of that. They they just say, yeah, okay, uh, we're signing up. We're, we'll go along. We'll go along with whatever you want. We <laughs> be, 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 without anything, with, without even entering the negotiation. Uh, so even if you wanted to go on that on that kind of route, it's still completely retarded to say, well, we'll do it for free because you're you're so good to us or some some kind of. It's it's just ridiculous. At least at least see what they're gonna. At least withhold your support until you see what they put on the table. You're so right. Did, but do you think that I mean, does anyone watch GB News? I I isn't it all just a sort of fake operation? Yeah, yeah. totally. I don't, I don't watch it. I just see little clips on on social media. I mean, it, they, it was kind of it was kind of based for a while, uh, and then what happened is the Tories just purged everybody who was interesting, and just you, all you got was like this vanilla sort of rubbish. I, I, it was it was it was edgy for a while there. They had it was causing a stir, but then they just got off common to to sort of break their legs. You know the. I did like I did a, an article called "That's a nice little news channel you've got going there." Be ashamed! <laughs> that's that's basically what Ofcom is, and yeah, you know that 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 Ofcom is run by this childhood friend of mine, Melanie Dawes, the woman who. It, it's just weird watching my contemporaries just screw up the world to turn it into this kind of. Yeah authoritarian hell and you it think is wild. where did that come from you know we used to we used to eat from the same party plates and and cut the same birthday cakes and stuff and what what's wrong with these where do they come from where do they find these people I, I, I don't know. That's that. Yeah, I think you can answer that more than me. I, no, I, they mystify me. They're all the same as well. They're all these just kind of robotic, technocratic. They don't talk like normal people either. They all. I mean, I was watching a UK column, and and you pick up on all these phrases that they use. You know, when they they'll kind of dig out a government document of like dodgy stuff about getting the narrative straight on G seven for the geopolitical push, and it, it's all this kind of like sort of negotiating sort of narrative frameworks. Discur- <laughs> I, hate, I hate that. There's all these words now that you, uh, when I was younger, I used to think they sounded fancy and intelligent, and now yeah. they just make me want to puke. Like, I hate, I hate the word framework, like, narrative framework, and this, this kind of thing. Oh, well, all these phrases are designed, I mean, management speak, bureaucrat speak, whatever. It's all designed to give you insider status, so that if you can learn the language, it's like it's like sort of mastering Mandarin or something. You yes, it's it's yeah, it's a way to signal like you're a friend. You're you're a friend of the regime. You know the language. You're a friend of you're a managerial type. You're a friend of the regime. That's how they get ahead. That so so whoever picks up that language. It's like a little signifier that okay, they're they're coming in, they're going to get on the inside. Whereas somebody like me would would never get anywhere. Have you ever used the phrase "going forward"? 
Not unironically. I, I sometimes no. will do something like that in, in uh, with the misses, or you know, like I, I'll I'll act as if I'm like this management type, and like and I'll say and I'll say, like, okay, team, and, and and you know all all of this kind of thing. But never, never, because I'm conscious of it. I'm conscious. I mean, I I, I worked in a warehouse, uh, and all I did, I drove a forklift. And and I oh, would fun. have these... come on, Morgan. That is that is a fun job driving a forklift. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great. I did it for years. But then you would have like these Geordie lasses who'd been to uni, and they were in. They were like HR types, and you'd know them. You know the one. You knew you knew them from the big market. You knew them from out on the piss. You knew you knew they were a bunch. You knew they were slappers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then and then like you'd see them like sort of eight or ten years later. And they'd pop up. <laughs> they'd pop up with a Hillary Clinton suit on, and it was all. It was all this kind of okay. Going forward, we need to look at the narrative frameworks and making outreach with him, employee outreach. And you are thinking, come on, Lucy, what happened to you? You know what I mean? Is where and there's that little, there's that little glint in the eye. Is there anything left inside? <laughs> Christ Almighty! Yeah. That's what's that's what's happened to us. It's it's it, well, that's another it's another of those those glitches that we can all see it. It's it's so wrong. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and it's it's all um, it's all peddled relentlessly. I, I I sometimes think like there was a thing yesterday I saw on the news where some uh, a migrant has has thrown acid or something into loads of people's faces, uh, children as well in London. And it's like these horror stories as well, where it, it kind of that'll last in the news cycle for about six hours or something, and then it, and then it'll be gone. And and but it leaves. I think at a certain level, it leaves an imprint on people. And again, you think this this is happening all of the time now, and it isn't. The the government won't address it. You you get like Rishi Sunak's stupid grin, uh, pretending that everything's it's all lies. I mean, I think long term, this is this is a problem. I mean, you know, something like Ofcom, the online harms bill. You know, one one of the things they ha- they have to negotiate with this chronic lack of trust. This this uh, this that this problem that they have, where everybody just thinks they're liars. Uh, this this disconnect and turning away from it, which is becoming more and more of a thing. This is a problem. Um, this is a problem for engagement with the public, where everybody's just off forming their own narratives. I mean, how how do you how do you how does power legitimise itself if it's if everybody knows it's just all lies, um, and and there's this kind of beaten down sort of sense where you you just can't change anything, and I, and in in Britain you can't. Um, I, I don't, it's 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 a horrible situation because. I mean, sometimes I think I wish I could just fake it and and kind of convince myself of it um, that that voting matters. For example, it doesn't. It's just it's it's an insulty intelligence to even cast a vote at this point. But there's millions of people starting to think like that. Um, I mean, I, I, I hate I hate this, the idea that Nigel Farage said the other day. Um, the, the 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 Tories have wrecked this country and they need to be punished. And then like he finished his little tweet off with at the ballot box. And I was like, oh it was I was getting all excited there. <laughs> so, so 
<laughs> something, yes. something, something's gonna happen. Something, something, something's gonna happen, and then it's like, oh no, nothing. We're just gonna vote them out, and they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna just, the, the you know, the, their friends in finance and the donor class will keep the court corpse twitching long enough, and, and then be, gradually begin to reanimate it, like like the the the, the Frank on Hellraiser. Where like the blood begins to come back in his body, you know, because he's he's feasting on like teenage girls or whatever. That's that's where we'll be in time, ten years time or something. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's so depressing. Um, uh, just briefly flashing back to the beginning of of, of this podcast because I I didn't find out what do you what do you think of the royal family? I'm I'm. At this stage, I'm at a stage where I would rather have, uh, I would rather just have a king, even if it was Charles with his horrible shit lib politics and his World Economic Forum crap. I'd rather just have that than, um, like, I'm basically okay with the royal family. I've come full circle where I would rather just have somebody that could say he's in charge because what I just can't stand is is this kind of managerial bureaucracy when nobody ever takes any like accountability for anything it's it just seems like it's the worst system i mean there's who do you blame for the the, the migrant boats coming across who do you blame for what's happening with farmland for example and in the end there's nobody there there's there's just this sort of shadow there's there's a, it's like you're fighting mist uh, or fog or something it just it just comes out of the machine whereas if you've got just a sovereign you've got a figurehead then you can say well okay he's in charge and i, I disagree with it but then I, I i'm put to rest i'm also put to rest with this big cope that that i'm actually can change any of this um so i i absolutely think that monarchy is superior in all ways uh, a proper one to the to, to what we have this this ridiculous liberal democracy system um I mean, the big the big problem I think with the British royal family is that what people, and especially in my kind of viewers, will say, is that the Queen, in particular, just sat back and watched the whole country go to hell, um, and in the Crown, sort of get back where we were. She is painted as this conservative figure, but at the same time, they've baked into the cake. The idea that tradition is her never saying anything at all. Um, so, so she can't, like, it's tradition to look after the institutions and uh, the, the status quo in a way. But it's also a tradition that she just keeps her mouth shut about all of the terrible things politicians are doing to the country. And I, I don't, in the end, that's, that's useless. You, you, need, you need somebody with power. Well, we're sold these lines, Morgoth. I mean, look, I used to be a great defender of that principle, the constitutional monarchy. And, and we were sold this line, and I think Badgett said something about this, that, that, that you know, the role of the monarch is to, is to advise and, and, you know, not, but, but, but not to take a direct role in the running of the country or to express opinions and stuff. And you're told this, but is it, necessarily the case is that is it is that not maybe just an excuse that actually they're a bunch of um satanist layabouts who were just leeching off the country they're kind of you know they're put they're they're basically vampires 
Uh, I mean, how do we know? How do we? How can we differentiate between the the sort of the version of reality that we're given by royal correspondence and on on series like The Crown, where we're told that that, that the issues that matter in the royal family are, are whether or not they get to keep their royal yacht. I mean, they're, they're, they're portrayed, aren't they, as this like as this sort of anachronism on its uppers. They're constantly in need of more cash. There, the, the queen goes round <laughs> turning off the lights because she's she's very frugal. Yes, it and, is like that. But is is it real? Is that not just part of the of, of the the soap opera we're presented with to to hide the the truth that these people are in enormously rich, uh, enormously powerful? I mean, is it not true that that that, that the crown owns owns everything? Um, on the surface and and five five miles beneath the surface and and you know um the sea surrounding this septed isle um and if that's the case shouldn't we worry that we don't even have property rights you know we we, we thought we'd got past all that we thought we thought we thought magna carta counted for something we we thought when we, when we chopped off charles the first head that we, we we created this sort of parliamentary system maybe it was all an illusion yeah, yeah, maybe it is. I, I don't know. I, had, I hadn't. I had. I certainly hadn't thought that deeply into the the situation with the monarchy. I mean, I was. I'm basically just looking at it in terms of political systems. And, yeah. and if if he, if it's in a sort of normy take that it, it, as presented now, I see this endless kind of bureaucratic monster where nobody's in charge and everybody's got to get out. And then if you've got one man sitting on top of the throne, he's the boss. In, in a way, you can just leave the royal family out of it and just think of somebody like Joseph Stalin. I would, I would probably have, I would probably prefer to have like ruled by Joseph Stalin than the Tory Party at this point because, I, because at least I know who's in charge. You know, who the and, and, is. and and you get, you get it. Things become very much simplified. Because you can see who his friends are, you can see what he holds dear, and so then you don't cross the line on that. It's a bit like how Elon Musk uh, runs Twitter. Elon Musk runs Twitter like like a king. Uh, it, it, he got rid of the managers, he got rid of all the bureaucracy, and he Im imposed his himself as a monarch, and then he's got his own little favourites. He's got his own little friends, and there's people going along asking for special favours. And if you just stay away from that, you're kind of left alone. Whereas when it's the when it's like the permanent bureaucracy, they never leave you alone, and you they they're coming for you all of the time. We had a we had a, a podcast guest on, um, a few weeks ago. I say we like like it's the real we. I had a podcast guest um, called Runa Ostgard, I think it was. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's Norwegian. And he was saying that in his part of Norway, there was this tradition where uh, you had kings, right? But the every, every sort of um, household was required if the king exceeded his um his powers and started imposing things on you that were against the interests of the populace you had a duty to gather together and form a band and go and kill him before he did any more harm and that's quite a yeah. good that's quite a good approach isn't yeah it, that, to... yeah i think that's fine I, i've got a book here the um the golden bow uh I ca it's on my bookshelf james over fraser there. yes and he he has some he gets into some obscure kind of uh, ancient rituals and traditions, 
And there was like that. There was the ritualistic killing of the king. Uh, and the, the the new king, the, the, the high council would decide that this other person would make a better king uh, because of mistakes that had been made. And then the old king would be ritually like sort of beheaded or murdered or something. All of these, like these things are possible. But when you've got just the, the, the wispy sort of amorphous, nobody's in charge. It's all, I, I, I just can't stand it. I find it. I find it to be the worst of all worlds. And and the intrusion uh, into people's lives, I, it's kind of weird because, you know, I used to be quite a, a sort of big state nationalist, but I find myself used, having to resort to more and more like, almost libertarian kind of arguments because of there's just the sheer amount of intrusion and nudging that comes into your life uh, from the government, the 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 the, the, the expanding and everything. Um, it's it, I hate it. It's a terrible thing. Do, do do you sense any any resistance, uh, or, or do you have any sense of how well, one might resist, or get things might get better, or is it all doomed? Well, the, the I mean, the emerging sort of thought on the dissident right is that um, people have ten. I mean, you had uh, Evelyn and Scrump on a few weeks ago, and they yeah. they get into this a lot. Uh, and there's a there's sort of the newer people coming in. They like elite theory, where they would look at rather than like sort of people's ideology or belief systems, it would just be sort of looking at it in terms of power and and getting it's just like well the the problem is not their ideology; it's that they are in power and we are not. And I find this kind of cold sort of calculating realism is becoming more and more fashionable uh, on the on the right. Um, you can even see it sort of influencing and coming out more people like Tucker Carlson. So really the only thing to be done is to have a different organized lead uh, that would that would replace the one we've got, which is obviously a lot easier said than done. And one of the reasons for that is because they've created this giant techno surveillance state, which is watching everybody all of the time and picking people up on minor infractions and putting people on show trials and all of this kind of thing. Um, I mean, one that was going on last week is Sam Malia. He's looking at jail for putting up nationalist uh, stickers around the place. Yeah. Um, it's And... and, and, and like nobody knows what they can say. It's all left amorphous. It's all left sort of. You're not sure if you're breaking the law or not. You just know that if the if the regime finds you to be an enemy, then you can expect the police to come for you. For you the mildest of things. I was um I was <clears throat> talking about Sam Melia on my Telegram group, and I was I was saying, well, I have to say I've read what he said on his leaflets, and it doesn't seem particularly extreme to me just seems like common sense you know like like the i mean did did he say anything anything that you that struck you as beyond the pale no not at all and um it's 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 a a basic sort of whites are going to be a minority by 2066 uh you know don't do white guilt there was something about uh rape gangs but it was that kind of thing. That that was that kind of thing where people were on the streets in their thousands with banners just ten years ago talking about the exact same things. 
the problem is that the the way we live in Britain is that these these problems are not being addressed. These are legitimate concerns of the people. Again, the people who out on Normie Street who are walking past the vape shops and the Turkish barbers, getting this sense that something's not right. And the reaction of the, our techno surveillance state is to pay, like sort of grab people. Uh, I mean, he actually got he actually got. Uh, arrested at one point under the terrorism act like i remember the days i remember the days uh, you know growing up in england in the 90s and that where a terrorist would be what would come to my mind would be an ira where you'd have the balaclava on and the army jacket that was that was your vision of a terrorist now it's somebody who's got a roll of stickers yeah yeah it's funny i, I was i was gonna say <clears throat> So I was talking about all this, and 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 one of the people on the, in the group, you know, these these are people who are kind of red pilled at the very least, and probably down the rabbit hole. And the person said, "Yeah, but we want, we want to be careful because the police have found um, Nazi material in his house or something like that. You know, he, he could be a proper Nazi." And I was thinking, "Hang on a second, the police could find material in my house proving that I was a proper Nazi. I mean, I've got I've got biographies of Hitler." I've got, I think when I was in Slovenia once, I went to a market and I found the, um, you know, the like you have on the front of a, of a, of a car. I, mm. I, I've, the, the, I've got the, the metal swastika that, that you, you'd put on, on, on the front of your, I don't know, your, um, your yeah. Mercedes Benz staff officer's car or something. Uh, I remember once the BBC were filming around my house and I had to scan the room in case it was... It was on a shelf or something where they'd spot it and focus on it. But yeah, I mean, the the I think they had uh, there was a picture of Oswald Mosley in their place. I mean, mm. remember the police had to get in there in the first place just to see this stuff. So that's kind of you know after the fact they've already gone into the house. And then there was a picture of Hitler, and I think it was like some sort of ironic meme or joke or yeah. something like that. And it wasn't his either. It was his, it was his wife's. But the, the the point is, they were already in there just to see that in the first place, and the bar is so low uh, for all of this stuff, and it makes you wonder. Like, I don't I don't understand why they would go after them. Like, there's something about the nationalist right which which they just get really crucified. There's somebody else called Sven Longshanks who had a podcast. They sent him to jail for years. Uh, for for racial slurs, um, what did he do? Well, I suppose you can't repeat it. He was using sort of uh, what I would say was, but he was he was using words, racial words, which kind of belonged in the nineteen fifties or the nineteen sixties. Oh right, um, he wasn't using the hard N word, right. Though. Um, he wasn't doing that, but it, it was pretty. It was pretty rough, I would say. But they, nevertheless, they've sent him to jail for years, and and nobody. This is the thing. Nobody, um, nobody actually complained about his podcast. I mean, I really maybe he had about fifteen listeners or something. <laughs> but, 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 but it, so it wasn't like a person of color heard it and was absolutely offended. What happened was that the sort of anti-far type groups connected to the government, they heard it and then they took it upon themselves to be offended and then send them to jail. I mean, somebody pointed it out the other day. It's like a stalking horse. 
where what's happening is you see the horse, which is sort of like these protecting minorities, but behind it's just the British state. It's the British state who's coming to arrest you because the British state got offended on behalf of minorities. Yes. It's it's ridiculous. What they're doing, what they're doing is just neutralising people they hate. Yes, using front <clears throat> organisations like like Hate Not Hate, which which are very very clearly government intelligence yeah. operations. They're not they're not grassroots or authentic. Yeah, not none of it. None of it's um, it's 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 all this kind of gigantic system, this gigantic uh, machine, which is there to peddle a narrative and then neutralise other narratives. And then you know you'll see these grinning idiots going up on television telling you, like, you've got to go out and fight for all this bullshit. They say it's the very demographic who they're doing this to, or they're now going to talk about, oh, well, uh, we want you in the military to go off and fight our, our forever wars. And, you know, you've got to go off and fight the Russians. And, and a lot of these people are thinking, well, my enemies aren't the Russians, it's you. Do, do you sense that? I mean, do, do, do you, the, the, the people who, who they're trying to, um, earmark for cannon fodder uh, or grenade drone fodder do, do you get any sense that there is any they've got any chance of succeeding in recruiting these people no no you, you can see it in the numbers the numbers the numbers have just plummeted um, what, in, in and, recruitment uh, you mean yeah yeah and specifically Specifically, um, there was I actually came across a video on YouTube about this last week that he was Polish or something. So he had he had a bit of a he had a bit of a stake in this, and he was horrified. And he went back, and the places where the British Army would recruit from were like uh, Glasgow or Sunderland or Liverpool. It's kind of a reflection of where in America it's the southern the southern states. It's boys from Alabama and these kinds of places will join up. Um, and and in in Britain, it's 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 kind of reflected where it's working class uh, white men from industrial post industrial areas who will form the core of the recruits, and they've all they're all checking out. Um, and and it, when you then go to more diverse areas, it's just completely non-existent. None of them want to fight either. So you see this sort of larger structural problem that they they've created for themselves, which is that they've they've willfully and as a matter of policy alienated the group that they need to express power geopolitically and outside of their world borders, which kind of brings me back what I was saying this this kind of idiotic um, short term thinking. Which I don't know how else you would say it. I mean, you could, do you think it's part of a larger plan? <clears throat> uh, yes, I do. Um, but then I'm kind of more. I'm I'm probably more conspiracy minded than you are, as you may have noticed since our yes. last conversation. I've gone quite a long way down the rabbit hole. See, I tend to see things in terms of like civilizational arcs. Um, And I I remember some years ago, um, I ended up doing a big video about this because there was a a friend of mine came and she was saying, she was talking about, was it Gematria? Gematria or Gematria, yeah. 
Yeah, and how all everything had everything had been mapped out, everything had been planned out, mm. and I, what I so it was very much the conspiracy frame. Yeah. Um. And and in the conspiracy frame, there's nothing really anything organic happening. What it is is that you've got people essentially planning out history, um, almost like in sort of Isaac Asimov's foundation or something like that, um, to, to, like according to a plan. And I, what I think is interesting is that my own at that time I was really getting into Spengler and where it's a cyclical history and history is very much determined. So you've got these two things which are going sort of running against each other. Um, and I thought this 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 gave me pause to think because you you don't want to get stuck near an echo chamber. You want to kind of and what I began to look at the the problem is there's been things which have had massive impacts on how we live, which were actually emergent because I think the conspiracy frame runs into problems when you come into emergent phenomena. So, for example, the steam engine. Uh, George Stevenson's steam engine, and then the train lanes, that had a massive impact on the way that we lived and the Industrial Revolution. And and what I think is interesting is that I can see that, in say, in the Northeast, they needed a more efficient way to transport coal down to London, to Manchester and whatnot. So it stands to reason that there was a, a demand just to have uh, train lines and the steam engine from that perspective. So it's purely sort of following on from the logic of the civilization that you get the industrial revolution and then you need a way to transport coal across the country efficiently, which then leads to the invention of the, the, the steam engine, which then leads eventually to mass transportation. And that I can totally, and, and it radically changed our lives. And then I think, well, that's that's organic, isn't it? Or would you say that was planned? I you see. I haven't looked into that one. Um, I, I'm I'm always open to the possibility that, well, uh, as you've said here, it could have been emergent technology that, that nothing nefarious behind it, or it could equally be that this was ancient technology which which was sort of re-revealed, as it were. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I mean, I, I would certainly go along with your. Uh, emergent, emergent theory, for the moment. Yeah, because then it's like that. Yeah, so then, then you've already kind of the the, the planners have all, you've already sort of the planners have then been pulled back from actually mapping out civilization because there's huge macro shifts which have happened which they didn't plan out. Yeah, I, well, I think that's got, that's got to be inevitable, hasn't it? That the, the, yeah. they've got to be um, obstacles. Uh, in their path, that the, you you can't a, a small, a tiny tiny elite, whatever you want to call them, predator class, cannot cannot control everything. So there are always going to be things that have come up that come up, maybe including the railways. So in that case, they would have to then react to things which had happened, and I think uh, now on the other side of that, you know, the the, the sort of the more deterministic uh, element also runs into some issues as well but by and large that's how i see things um and, and we are in 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 the winter of civilization like all of the signs are there yeah 
Um, and it, we've had a good run of it, but you see the negotiation on the world stage is now with Western decline against sort of more powerful nations emerging. And I think the question then is like, what 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 are we supposed to do in it? It's it's pretty grim when you think that. I think I think people always want white pills. People always want to know that there's a better tomorrow. But what if there just isn't one? You know, mm. what if it is just? If you think like the the Roman Empire took hundreds of years to just gradually dwindle away, and I think at the end of the day, in your in our own private lives. You know, even during that time, you, people still went walking along the coast. People still grew tomatoes and fell in love and watched the sun go down with a glass of red wine and that kind of thing. You can still, you can still do some. You can still lead a good life in the collapse of civilization. Is really what I'm saying. Yeah, and ruins can be quite picturesque after all. Yeah, I don't know if our ruins are going to be as no, good as they're not. Are they? They're really not. I mean, they haven't got. Anything on sort of collapsing pillars and and vistas I mean, with with stairs and stuff. The worst, the worst sort of scenario I can imagine is that there would be like giant warehouses where people were inside, just sort of hooked up to the to the metaverse or to some sort of virtual reality kind of. In in a sort of catatonic, and then outside you've got like farmers with their goats, you know, people going back to the land, the, the fellaheen. That that have you read? I, I, hmm? Have you read the road? Yeah, the the is the Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, I, I don't. No, want I've seen that. the movie. No, I, no. Well, I've seen the movie. I mean. In that's never actually explained how it happens, is it? No. That's a that's a sudden collapse. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's a sort of it's a sort of universal um, disaster that he's describing. You know, it's just like it covers all eventualities. I mean, I think one of the reasons why, particularly the 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 the, the liberal elites, if you want to call them that, like why they are so insane, is that they're not supposed to um, civilize. If you if you're a progressive then civilization is only supposed to progress. It's like we were saying earlier with the situation where they want to turn everybody gay. They want to turn everybody into this nondescript sort of homogenized global homo man. Um, and that, that for them is progress. But you can get to a stage where there's obviously no longer progress happening. And for these people, I mean, even if you want to, in the, even in the sort of conspiracy frame, these this kind of messianic Faustian lunatics, then even within that, there's a problem that they're running into where eventually progress will just stop. Um, and and be, because you're past midnight, and and then it's like you're heading into winter, and there's this kind of sense that they'll be sort of kicking and screaming against the arc of history itself. And they're going to become increasingly unhinged and uh, totalitarian because their dream, their religion, is slipping away from them as nothing they can do anymore. I mean, if you look at those, like in America, where they've got all those zombie uh, drug addict people in clustering around in the cities where they shake, and like that's obviously not progress. It's it was obviously better in the nineteen eighties or the nineteen sixties or the nineteen fifties. And yet, for, according to these people, everything's supposed to be getting better. Um, yeah. And I, I, the promise is gone. 
And it's this negotiation with the fact that things are not going the way according to what the promise was. Yeah. I, I've noticed this particularly with, with I mean, there are countless examples, but energy, I think, is quite a good one. That that uh, about, about 10, 15 years ago, when I was still working in the mainstream media, I, I used to write articles and, and, and my friend Christopher Booker used to like write even more articles explaining that these what would become net zero policies were completely unworkable, that that wind turbines and solar just are no good at generating energy on, on the scale needed. And the, the, the cost, the, the, they'd, never, the, the, they'd never been subject to any kind of cost benefit analysis. It was clear that this was a looming disaster. So here we are 10, 15 years on, and, what, and what's happened is that they've just said, we don't care whether it's a disaster. We don't care whether whether it's it's good or not for the country. We're going to carry on doing it. So you're, you're about to get Keir Starmer, who will probably build even more wind turbines, which which we can't afford, which kill birds and bats, which don't don't generate anything except sort of intermittent power. Uh, and it, everyone, the entire country, is going to be immiserated, and and to be crucified on the cross, which is which is. Of a of a kind of invented religion, it's 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 pure fantasy. The idea that that mankind is is warming the planet at a dangerous level, and that and that therefore we need to find alternative power sources. We don't. It's just a lie. The whole thing is a lie, and yeah. people are going to be suffering for this. And it, it's it's a rejection of it's a rejection of it's anti civilization. It's anti progress. It's anti everything. Yes, and it's it's weird how like the same people seem fine with like World War Three. Yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same people. Like, how much carbon would like the Eastern Front between all of NATO and versus Russia and China? Just imagine the carbon footprint of World War Three on the east. Like an entire. It's it, it's just so clearly bullshit. Yeah. I mean, all the incentives help, and all of the grift and the the money and all of that. But it's so it's such it's clearly obviously a load of bollocks, and it's 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 not feasible, it's not workable. But they're going on and doing it, driving us off a cliff anyway. And, and, it's, and it's 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 the same as the farmers. It's the same as like they're incentivizing farmers to stop growing food so that they can turn their their land into these like eco zones where people can go walk, and there'll be these fast growing trees. And you think, oh, okay, I get it. I mean, after a few years, the subsidies to the farmers will stop, and the government will take the land. I get that. It's all. I get where it's all going. But you just think, just the basic question people ask is, where where's the food coming from? Like, they don't even care that we can see this. They, 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 they don't. They don't mind anymore. They've they've given up pretending that they're looking after our interests. They they don't even yeah. bother with the narrative anymore. Hardly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is like that. It's, it, it, and it's this, it's this, it's depressing because you know what the worst of it is, as I was saying before about the monarch and stuff, it's that we have to live with the lie. It's the same reason people, people, it, it's, it's the same reason people, people tell me like, oh, well, you're always slagging the Tory party off, but you're just going to get Labour. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But uh, Labour are just clearly my enemies who hate me. The Tory party, I have to live with the lie. I have to yes. live with this this pretense that they're right wing and that they represent conservative England, and they don't. 
I have to put up with lefties and shitlibs calling them fascists and saying they're mean to immigrants when they're obviously not. So if I'd rather just have like an enemy in than this sort of snake where where I'm kind of vaguely associated with it and where everybody who is sort of traditional-minded and patriotic in Britain is, is walking around permanently pissed off because they've been betrayed. And I'm thinking, like, if Labour are in, at least I won't be betrayed because I don't expect anything of them anyway. Like, at least I, then it will be the lefties' turn to get pissed off because they're not being listened to and all, all and Keir Starmer's sort of signing on with BlackRock or what all of this stuff and the the the, the Palestinians are are being thrown overboard and all of these lefty causes like then it's their problem it's not ours anymore and that that's kind of the way I, I look at it um, and and in this this system in general. I was struck by the way earlier on when you were talking about the the emergence of a caesar um i don't know what caesar you meant did you mean caesar augustus kind of or julius you meant julius but the, but the, the as as an archetype yeah, there is, yeah. in it's it's an age it's it's an age of caesarism yeah well i i was struck when you said that because you see my my version of that would be essentially the antichrist the, 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 in, in my worldview, the anti, Antichrist will be the equivalent of the Caesar you described, this kind of uniting, kind of sort of seductive yet tyrannical figure who, who purports to offer all the solutions to people's problems of the, of the chaos and to bring order and to bring light to the world. And I think, I think so, so in a way, our, our worldviews... Yeah. Are are sort of compatible. I wonder whether the the, the, the decline of civil, you know, the, the Oswald Spengler was just a kind of more secular version of what what Christians would would, would see um, as to how the world yeah, works. Yeah, po possibly. Yeah, possibly. I mean, in in the what gives rise to the Caesar, it is it is a little bit less esoteric than that. But what gives rise to the Caesar is the, the just the corruption of the money the money power. Um, and that people are, are just completely alienated from the ruling class. And so you will see this man who will cross the Rubicon and uh, turf them all out and put things to right. But he will, he, it, is a, it is a unifier. The interesting thing, of course, is that um, if, if they want more forever wars, they can't get it when you've got woke shitlibs in charge. But you can get a forever war. If you get Donald Trump in and then all of the white boys in America feel like they've got their, you know, that they, they, they've got their guy back in. Um, and then then you may find that they'll be more willing to sign up and they'll have a kind of patriotic fervor. Um which will which so which will take us back like up against China or whatever the hell else they're planning. But if if you've got an alignment like that, it can be done behind such a figure. It can be done more easily. Right. Okay. So so we're safe for the next four years, in, according to your theory, because we're going to get Keir Starmer and nobody is going to unite behind. No one's going to fight and die for Keir Starmer. No. Um, no, I think the British state's got a big problem. Unless, of course, unless they find a way of presenting it to us that you're not really fighting for Keir Starmer, you're actually fighting for 
King Charles or or, or or King William. I mean, he's not, he's another Antichrist candidate, by the way. If if I mean, I I don't think William's really charismatic enough to go and get drone killed in a in a trench fort, but but um, they, they may do a fantastic sort of buffing up and polishing job on him and make him look more attractive. I don't know. But or or, or what about conscription? I mean, what, what if they just introduce conscription? Isn't isn't that going to work? I don't think people. Have, I, 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 well, I mean, I don't think you, people. When I when I did the article, people were saying, "Yeah, but look what's happening in Ukraine because they're they're dragging people off buses and you know at gunpoint and sent the front lines." I don't think that'll happen in this country. I don't think they've got that. The, the the way our system works is it's it is changing, but they've got um, they they don't like to use hard power. They, they, they it, we are we are ruled by wimps basically. We are ruled by snakes and rats. Um, and their way of doing things is nudging and it's whispering and it's propaganda and it's soft power. They they don't like using the hard power, though they are they are getting more used to it. They are getting more accustomed to it. But that's what they would have to resort to to actually get people fully into. And I don't think it would work. I think I think I think everything would collapse because you've now got huge sections of the population, who the the minorities who just wouldn't go. Who, who who would see it as being a, a white man's war, and they they don't they're not interested in it. But what about what we saw in the lockdowns, and what about we saw when during the sort of the semi compulsory so called vaccine rollout? I mean, I saw resistance from the, for example, the gyms in Liverpool. Um, that was good. Um, maybe, maybe other sort of sort of white working class inner city zones uh resisted but generally people rolled over and complied didn't they yeah but all you had to do was sit in the house i mean it's a bit different if they know they're heading for like (laughs) the russian front you know but I, i will say though i mean one thing one thing they did learn through covid and the lockdowns well, they, a lot about managing. I'm a lot, a lot about the uh, having a state of exception and bringing in all kinds of extraordinary measures. And if if they if they went to that degree for a flu or nothing, depending on your perspective, then yeah, imagine nothing. what it is. Ima- imagine imagine what kind of powers they'll grant themselves if it really is like a, an impending war, an impending third world war. Um, well, it'll only be impending if 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 they they make it so. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's, it's not going to emerge organically, is it? Putin's no. not going to do anything to provoke no. it. It's it's it. I mean, it's ridiculous that they even like the basically you will be going to Ukraine. That that's the way I read this. Um, you'll be going to back up the Ukrainians because they're losing. I think. But what they're going to tell us is that Putin's on the verge of rolling through the Baltics. Um and then mm. and then into into across Germany and then across Belgium and Holland and and France and uh, until eventually they're going to be like you know like Dad's army where you've got like yeah. the little arrows and it's it's absolutely preposterous but that's and that's what they're going for. Do you think but in reality? They- in reality, uh, I think you'll just go. You'll just be headed for the Ukrainian <laughs> Ukrainian trenches. What do, what do you think that they'll succeed in persuading 
the populace that this is that, that Putin is a, a real threat and that this is happening. I think I think some I think a lot of normies will go along with it. But what like one of the one of the things if you look at what happened with the COVID thing and we can say they've learned a lot of lessons from that is that it's the powers that they're going to grant themselves. So, for example, I now have a YouTube video uh, with 32,000 views called Conscription, which is kind of uh, giving them the middle finger on on the everything. And I've said why uh, they're a bunch of kooks. I call them all names of the sun and so on. Um, now, it, they can, they can, they'll, it, eventually they're going to want that removed. The, the Ofcom or whoever will say this is disrupting the narrative framework. This is against national security interests. Mm. We need to have what everybody has to be on page and they'll find ways to shut me down. And they, it'll not just be me either. It'll be you as well. If you're not careful, it'll be all of us, all of us sort of keyboard warriors who pontificate and to, and talk about these things which goes against the grain they'll they'll can justify shutting everybody down they did it in covid yeah and it's very convenient it's very convenient they've got that online harms bill through just in time the, the online harms bill is absolutely gobsmacking isn't it, it yeah it, 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 it really is and you you've got uh, I do hate to put in the dig to old, my old friend Toby Young, but I'm not sure that the free speech union is really going to protect us where it matters somehow. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it could be that none of it could be that I'm just not around this time next year. Um, that'll be it. I'll, I'll be the you know I had a good run of it, and uh, who knows. I mean, what I will be very careful, depend, we, I mean, this is all speculation, you know, we don't know how it's going to go. But if if it ends up where the country is in a state of war, I'll be very careful and I'll probably do like a standalone blog post to say, okay, look, I disagree with the government, I disagree with the war itself, but I am not going to be opposing my own country when they're in the... I think that that's... I see some people getting way too carried away with sort of shilling for Putlar or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I, I think people have to be sensible that when your country's in, you saw what happened in COVID. Now imagine what what it's going to happen when they're actually at war with Russia or or something. Like what they can justify doing is uh, it'll be unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's something to to cheer me up, <laughs> cheer us all up. You're well, right. I mean, there's there's a meme. There's a meme on the internet like nothing ever happens. The, the nothing ever happens, bros. Where there's a new story drops, and then you've got some people are like, "This is it. This is the big one. It's happening." And then there's another faction, and they're like, "Nothing ever happens." And usually they are right. But what I noticed is that the things which are not happening are getting like more and more serious and scary <laughs> but they're not happening but they are <laughs> what's not happening what's not happening is getting worse <laughs> in, in, a, in this weird way and you you know you the the competency crisis is there like that's not happening the airplanes are not falling out of the sky because of the dei uh, hiring practices but there's been a couple of near misses, but you know, there's been a couple of there's been a couple of close shaves there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it, it's not going to get it's not going to get any better. It nope. really isn't. 
everybody, I'll tell you what's happening. Come spring, you've got mackerel season coming in. Get yourself a spinner rod there. Get yourself down the course. Find yourself a pier. You can, and you'll be fine. Couple of dancers there on the end of the lane. Lovely. Oh, oh, you can't. Sorry, the Spanish took them all for the. You caught us. <laughs> oh dear. I, I was I was about to congratulate you on ending uh, the show on a kind of optimistic note because I mean mackerel they're a piece of piss to catch aren't they with with, yeah, with spinners and stuff, stuff. yeah and, they're, and they're nice when they're fresh yeah I'll, yeah it's lovely good for you as well oh yeah unlike mm. I, I I'm not a fan of Pollock I have to say I think that the idea to the, the way they're trying to rebrand it as a sustainable fish and it's just it was always a shit fish. Yeah, we used to. These people used to say that about mackerel as well. It was people used to use mackerel as bait, but now it's uh, it's it's kind of come into its own. To be fair, it is lovely. You get you get so much of it as well. You go you go to Blythe Pier up up here. You go to Blythe Pier or down at Tynemouth, and there are people there with milk bottle tops, milk bottle tops, and five or six hooks on, and they're filling buckets of them in high summer. Down at Whitley Bay. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. Uh, apparently, I, I, there, was, there was a letter I saw, that, uh, I'm ashamed to say, in the Telegraph, saying that, that somebody claimed once they'd been served sand eels to eat, like white bait. Have you ever, ever heard of this? No, no, I haven't. I didn't actually. know you could eat, eat, eat sand eels. But now they're being, I mean, this is, a, so this is a tiny other example of, of just how awful things are. They're now using sand eels have you heard about this? As biofuels. They're burning oh, sand eels. No, no, I didn't. No, I, I, I didn't. It, yeah, it's, it's sad because I, I, we, we wrapped it up on like a nice, a nice kind of cosy vibe. I, yeah. yeah, I hadn't heard of that. I was going to go on, but I, I haven't. I, hadn't, about, I don't understand what even is in insects, but I will leave that. We leave, no. we'll, we'll leave that for another day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Morgoth, it's been it's been really good, if slightly depressing, talking to you. Um, tell people where <laughs> they can find your stuff. Uh, Morgoth's review on YouTube and on Substack for for more black pills. The people, I'll tell you something yeah. else. The, the audience, they love black pills. You know that scene of Jack Nicholson and that few good men? Like, you love the black pills. You need the black pills. I do optimistic content and nobody watches it. That's probably true. That's probably true. And you, and you, and you are, to repeat, you are a very good cultural analyst. In fact, I, I saw one of your phrases only, only today being used as a put down to somebody else somebody oh. else had tried to introduce this topic in my on my channel trying to get people to sort of reveal themselves as being homophobes while discussing films and he was asking questions designed to trap people into kind of revealing their position and and he just another another um person on the chat just used your hatchling yeah hatchling yeah it's yeah caught on got one like Six minute video. I just sat down, I did a run for six minutes and it became this like whole thing. I yeah, I, I do recommend anyone who hasn't seen your hatchling. Where where can they find your hatchling thing? It's on YouTube, Morgoth's Review YouTube channel. Okay. You have to go scroll back a few years, like. Yeah, but if you if you did a Google a, a search Morgoth Hatchling, 
it's a, it's a very yeah, good cool. description of a phenomenon which is often used in debate, particularly by leftists, isn't it? Yeah, the sort of tactic, tactical ignorance. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, hatchling. Um, uh, Morgoth, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Um, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, um, and you, and you want early access to podcasts like this one, um, well, by me, obviously, do support me on Substack or Locals. Um, or buy me a coffee if you just want to just just tip me. Go to my website, jamesdallingpole.co.uk and support the excellent sponsors of this podcast I don't, I, I don't think I, I have any rubbish you know, I don't have any rubbish supporting me I, 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 I vet them and they're, they're great and buy their products and um, support them for supporting me um, Morgoth thank you very much again enjoy the rest of your go and catch some mackerel maybe I will see you later folks okay bye through these fields of destruction Baptisms of fire. Okay, you've got to do this. This is just brilliant. It's basically the chance to win a house in in battle in East Sussex, a lovely part of the country. And the house is absolutely gorgeous. It's worth about one and a half million. And they're they're doing the, the, this 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 thing where you. You can buy raffle tickets and for just five quid you could end up with a one and a half million pound house and it's beautiful it's got a swimming pool i i mean i i would very happily live there this is why i'm definitely going to buy a ticket uh it was it's being the raffle's been conducted by my friend bella who i met at one of my events and some of the the proceeds are going to go and support hope hope the charity which runs the hope festival for the hope homeschooling which I, which I absolutely, I'm, I'm totally behind. I, I, I met some of the ho- the homeschool kids at the Hope Festival, and they're just like so together. Um, they look after one another. The old, older kids look after the younger, longer, younger kids. They haven't been brainwashed. Anyway, some of your money will go to a good cause. The house is well worth winning. I'll put the details below. You've just got to enter this raffle. I mean, for five quid, it's got to be worth it, right? Anyway, that's the end of the... uh, I'm not going to give you all all the blurb. Just take it from me. It's worth looking at.